After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got a goal! Okay, fellas, we are set to go. Let's go! We are kicking. Watch the blue! Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah, baby. Number 47 for Boston. Both guys, five minutes each for fighting! Please move it! Please move it! Please move it! Please move it! Summertime is good, the weather's beautiful and warm. Maybe you're squeezing in a day or two or three of vacation here and there. Hopefully you are. Hopefully you're becoming well rested because we are so close to the resumption of hockey in the NHL. We can hardly contain our excitement. This is the Scouting the Refs podcast powered by Team Stripes. He's Josh. I'm Todd. You got a couple of days off in the last little while. Good for you. That was nice. Try to find a few, sneak some in before the puck drops, and we, we get back to hockey action here. So I'm just enjoying or... I don't know if enjoying is the right word. It's hot. It's humid. But, you know, some time off is always appreciated. And I don't mind a little hot and humid. I'm 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 Florida friendly, if you will, in terms of the hot and humid. So I'm good. As, this is the Scouting the Rest podcast powered by Team Stripes. Check them out online. Go teamstripes.com. Check them out for officiating equipment, training tools, apparel, and more. Go teamstripes.com. We appreciate you subscribing to the Scouting the Rest podcast through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, be following us on our social media channels. To follow Josh on Twitter and Instagram, it's at ScoutingTheRefs. To follow me, it's at Todd Lewis Sports. And of course, we welcome emails, heyref at ScoutingTheRefs.com. On this episode, finally, a resolution to a long-standing pending suspension. New unis, will they ever be possible? Will it make an appearance? And because we're getting so close to the resumption of hockey, officials are now hermetically sealed inside the bubble of the <laughs> NHL host cities. <laughs> and but but you got the word the other day, Josh, that this is the case. They've done the traveling, they're in, and this is it. They're locked down now for the duration. It's time. The teams might not be there yet, but the officials are. Arrival day was this past Tuesday. They're quarantined for a handful of days per the protocol. So they're not out and about, but they're still doing online workshops via Zoom or whatever streaming technology the league is using these days. They've got training calls. They've got things that they're working on. So it's it's not downtime for them at the moment, but it is working out independently. So once that quarantine's lifted, they'll continue those meetings, continue those workouts. They'll get some ice time in before the players arrive. I imagine once the teams show up, it's it's going to be a battle to get that practice time on the ice. But yes, they're in the bubbles, in their respective bubbles with half the officials in each, and they are working and getting ready for the resumption of the season. It has to be such a good feeling for them. I mean, they, they can't work out in groups yet because, as you mentioned, they are still in isolation and quarantine and, and all the rest of it. But it has to be a good feeling to have that sense of returning to a little bit of normalcy, if you will. That, okay, we, we understand that things are operating differently this year, but at least... We're, we're in the process of getting our season going to completion again. Sure. And, you know, you've had those virtual workouts and, and those meetings when they were at home, and now they're doing it on site. So I think once they step out onto the ice with each other and all being in the bubble, they're certainly welcome to share that space. I think that feeling of, of being able to go out there with the other officials, you know, skate around, work on some things on the ice, I think that's when it really becomes real of, hey, we're, you know, we're back. 
We're on the ice surface. We're working together on this. I know it's not an actual training camp, but just to have that group of 20 officials at each site skating together and having those conversations, getting the you know, the, the teamwork back, the camaraderie back, all, all the side things that happen outside of the, the job part of it. I think it's going to be good. I'm, I'm happy to hear that that things seem to be going well for them, and, and that just bodes well for the return to hockey. I suspect this is also an important first step for the league because not not that the officials are are the guinea pigs, if you will, but this is sort of we've worked so hard and developed this this very detailed protocol of how things are going to operate. So they get to start the process slowly with the officials in the host cities. And then as the players and teams and, and personnel arrive, it really ramps up to full speed. Yeah, I guess in a way, the officials are the canaries in the COVID coal mine here. That If, <laughs> if something's going to happen and it doesn't happen, well, then then that's a good sign for everybody else coming back. So, you're, you know, you're right. It is a, a small test population. They're there first. They're putting everything through its paces and even if there are issues with checkpoints or rink access or, or hotel details mm-hmm. better to sort out those minor blips now when you've just got the officials there versus when you're hosting so many teams and all their respective staff yes it'll it'll be a much easier process oh you know what this can work better if we do it this way right because it'll it'll run a lot smoother it'll be a lot easier for everyone but this is this is part of what we've discussed over the last few months there's there's a lot of detail and a lot of things that have to be to be worked out the players and personnel will be arriving in the coming days then there will be some preseason games this is sort of a long stretch before the resumption of the season for officials. Will they get a little time off? Will they get to perhaps take advantage of some of the recreation activities that they have planned for players and team personnel before then? You've got to imagine that they've got some downtime built into that schedule. You don't want to be all work all the time. And I know it's exhausting for them, but even these guys that are traveling through the regular season have their off days, have their their downtime. From here on out, I would think you're going to maybe work in a few, but once we get back to game action and and the playoffs kick in, then your focus becomes solely on the playoffs and and the action on the ice and just preparing and recovering and all of that. So I think they're going to sneak in a couple. I would be shocked if they can't uh, find their way out of the bubble for an approved team outing to a golf course at some point over the next week before the puck drops on the official return of the season, you know, with the exhibition games going on, there's, there's plenty of coverage to go around. So my money's on finding sometimes some recreation for these guys before they get down to the the nitty gritty and the playoff work. Much deserved because they will have worked hard like the the players for the last few months to be ready and be prepared. So a little break before the run through the postseason, the play-ins and the playoffs would be warranted for the officials. Now that we do have things moving closer and closer to the resumption of the 2019-2020 NHL season, the long-standing pending suspension of New York Rangers forward Brendan Lemieux has been resolved. This is like a case that has wound its way through the courts for millions of appeals <laughs> over years, but it has it has finally been, been stated that Brendan Lemieux will be suspended for two play-in games because of his hit on Jonas Donskoy, the Colorado Avalanche, prior to the season being put on pause. We know that regular season games count for a certain amount. Playoff games seem to count for more in terms of suspension. I don't know that we have precedent for play-in games, but he gets two, and I forgot he's considered a repeat offender. Right, yeah, he had uh, he had an issue with elbowing earlier this year that that resulted in a fine so he does and as far as repeat offending goes for those purposes 
that's just limited to how the guy loses salary. And since we're in play-in games, and there's typically no salary for playoff games, right. it, it may be a moot point overall anyway. But I did want to clarify that when it comes to repeat offenders for the Department of Player Safety, they do look at a player's complete history. So even if he's not a CBA repeat offender, I, I know you can't see the air quotes there, that, that only goes back 18 months. The player's complete history is factored into the length of the suspension. Once they see, is it a suspendable offense, they look at the effect. They look at the act and determine how long. And part of that calculation is the player's complete history going as far back as they'd like to go. So, yes, he's a repeat offender. But, uh, you know, I, I was a little surprised, I'll be honest, Todd. I, I thought we were looking at one game, especially mm-hmm. with the value of playoff or play-in games. Yes. Effectively... They're, they're, with, with this being a, a shortened series, it, it really impacts the team if they're counting on him being in there to lose him not just for the opening game, but for the first two games of the series. It, it is significant because it's a best of five. It could be over in as few as three games and to have a player out for that amount of time. I, I think it was, I, I would say though that I that they got it right. I went back and I watched the, the video review of the, the, the sentence and why it was implemented that way. It was it was a completely unnecessary hit. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't the dirtiest hit I've ever seen. It was it was completely avoidable and it was so unnecessary because it was so after the fact. You know, you bring up a good point there, Todd. When we've looked at hits and suspensions, I don't mind the extra length for avoidable hits, unnecessary hits, or ones that had less to do with hockey plays. So it's not necessarily the wrong call, just just I was expecting one, we get two, and, and maybe two fits the crime in this instance. But with it with it being a playoff game and everything else, it was a little surprising to see that in there. But I, I will say, I think Lemieux, because of the length of this sentencing and the, the two-game sentence, I, I think he'll be a little more careful out there on the ice. I suspect you are correct. The Scouting the Rest podcast is powered by Team Stripes. GoTeamStripes.com is the website you should be checking out for officiating equipment, training tools, apparel, and everything else. The Scouting the Refs podcast is sweeping the world in terms of recognition and some love shown to the ScoutingTheRefs.com website this past week by my friend Sean Leahy from NBCSports.com, who in the, I believe it was Tuesday, daily list of stories you should be checking out, mentioned the scoutingtherefs.com story about why do officials not vote for the Lady Bing. Sean said this is a no-brainer, and he's absolutely right. This was what we talked about last week on the show. Yes. Yeah, uh, nice to see somebody agrees with us, Todd. It's, uh, <laughs> it feels good. Well, there's one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll, I'll take whatever we can get. Now, it's definitely cool of him to share that. And, you know, we're just trying to find a, a way to tap into the resource that that is the NHL officiating group. You know, these, these guys are... Uh, have lots of knowledge, lots of potential, lots of experience on the ice. Yeah, I, I think as an official, you, you feel more valued when you get to be involved in things like this. And I, I think, too, for the players, you know, the guys who truly are more gentlemanly and, and have a, a better demeanor on the ice, I think the officials know it. So, yeah, I, I'm glad Sean's on board with this one. We've, we've only got a, a whole bunch more people to convince now. Yes, well, it's, it starts slowly and then it builds and, and builds and builds. And soon enough, this, this wave is sweeping the world that officials will be given so much power and authority that it, it'll be surprising. But no, in, in all seriousness, though, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it's an untapped resource, as you, as you explained it. And just it really is a, a good idea. The other story that is intriguing and got me thinking about 
where we might go with it is the official naming of the Seattle franchise, the Seattle Kraken. The name announced, the colors unveiled, the logo unveiled. First off, what's your impression of it? I think it looks great. I like it. I, I wasn't sure they were going to have the guts to go with Kraken. I thought they might play it safe with sock eyes or, or something a, a little more standard issue. But I'm, I'm glad they went with Kraken. There seemed to be a good response out there on social media when, when that name was being bandied about. So I'm glad they went for it. And I, I think their execution was top notch in making that logo look classy, a little more a little more timeless. I like the hidden tentacle in there, you know, mm -hmm. reminiscent of the Hartford Whalers hiding things in there. So I, I like that that artistic touch. But they avoided the the cartoonish logo or anything that was too minor leaguey or too mid-90s Islanders or anything crazy like that. The fish sticks logo. Yes. You don't like that one. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. No, but I, you're right. I think it, it looks very professional, uh, elite level. I think the coloring is good. I think it just, it really presents a great image. And there are different ways that they can move off in the future too for for third jerseys for instance for special nights for for themes if they want to do it there's there's different ways that you can use what you have as a great starting point and it got us thinking about the officials uniforms that they wear on the ice for decades they have barely changed is this something that we could should and maybe want to talk about or think about whether it be for one-offs special occasions or on a more permanent basis i think there's there's things that we can look at in terms of the officials and their presentation yeah, i'd say the stripes are pretty iconic at this point they've tried a few things over the years uh, certainly uh, i can't remember how many years ago it was but they, they did change the stripes the stripes used to be yes. a, a bit narrower they've gone to a wider stripe that was the most significant change that has stuck, but they've made a few over the years. There was a time when the NHL had, well, if we go way back, they had the orange sweaters in general, which was a, a very interesting look. But but even <laughs> since moving to the stripes, uh, they've experimented with silver armbands, which didn't stick. They had an all-star game uniform. Again, I think this was late 90s or, or maybe 2000. They attempted with the referees. They made one of the white stripes orange. So it was immediately more visible which official was a referee uh it seemed to be a pretty interesting take and it was an all-star game so you can get away with a lot more in, in those one-off type games but for whatever reason that that didn't stick around we didn't see that one again and then uh, you know most recently they've extended that orange under the arm just to to show more yes. orange when the official puts his arm up i don't know todd i'm i'd be open to it i think i think it's fun for the outdoor games or the heritage games to go with a, a heritage uniform whether it's the the old tan sweaters or something like that but I think with, with what we've seen, it, I'd be willing to try something crazy in an all-star game. And maybe that's it. It's, it's an opportunity. We've seen the player uniforms go through enormous transitions in all-star games and, and special events. Why, why not do something with the officials as well, whether it be a throwback? There, were, there have been a few incidents in all-star games where the teams have been in kind of neon colored, they look like highlighter marker color uniforms, we could do something like that with officials as well. I'm, I'm having nightmares thinking of the old WHA colored stripes. I don't know. <laughs> don't know if I quite want to go there, but I think there's room for it in especially an all-star game kind of environment. I, I just want to draw the line at anyone who's seen some of what happens over in Europe. We've seen swirls. We've seen some burst shapes. And we've also, everyone has seen when it comes to ads on the jerseys, uh, I don't want to go there, but I, I, I'm also fearing I don't want the refs 
to to wear the dreaded cow spots that we have seen <laughs> in international tournaments. Uh, that would that would invite an entirely new level of cat calls and ridiculing and chirping <laughs> that I don't think anybody needs to get to. And and how are you going to take if you're a coach who has a dispute, whether it be you know a simple offside or something more serious? How are you going to be able to get angry at someone who's wearing a uni like that? <laughs> we went from zebras on the ice to cows on the ice. Yeah, it's a... I mean, I just don't see that happening. Hey, if, that... if we can get these coaches and players mic'd up, it would be a lot of fun to listen. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah it, it would certainly provide a great entertainment value. Now, you mentioned the, the silver gray armbands that were used for a while. Maybe that's something that we could use to distinguish the linesmen from the referees as maybe their stripes are a slightly different color as opposed to just an armband. Maybe it's gray and white stripes as opposed to black and white even. That, that could work. I guess the biggest question, is, and I think that's a good one, Todd. I think if you did, if you pulled them back, made it not quite black and white, but like a, a medium to dark gray and white for the mm-hmm. linesmen, that, that seems reasonable. That seems like something the league would consider because it's not so outlandish. But I guess the, the idea is, you know, how much do we need to differentiate between these guys on the ice and how much is, is the league really trying to have them look as similar as possible when it comes to the quartet out there. But I think if you did want to have that visual distinction, the, the gray stripes may be, uh, maybe the, the coolest way to pull that off. Well, and, and sir, you don't necessarily need to distinguish between the two. I, I, I don't want them to be looked at and considered as in the background though, the way, the way their approach sometimes is that, well, if you don't know the referees or linesmen or officials are out on the ice, then it's been a good game. Because I don't think that's necessarily true. I think you get a lot of work and a lot of good things done from them, but you don't necessarily notice them. But their their role is vital in the, each and every game. And I think for the guys on the ice, you, you do want the officials to be visible because you don't yeah. want to skate into them. You don't want to hit them with the puck if you can help it. You don't want to have them affect what you're doing on the ice. So there is a certain amount where you want to make sure these guys do stay visible out there. And you can't just blend into the wall because you're you're on the ice and, and you don't want a guy to, to miss where you are out there. So maybe the black and whites are, are really the, the biggest visual separation. You really can't miss those guys when they're standing out there. But the nickname Kraken is pretty cool. And <laughs> yes. I, do, I, I think that linesmen and referee are are very good. But maybe is, is there something else that we could use in terms of terminology? Because Kraken is pretty outside the box for the, the button down National Hockey League, letting that one go. Is there something that we use? Uh, you know, lining official, um, penalization authority figure, <laughs> something like that that we could maybe work in? Is there another nickname? for the refs besides stripes or something maybe maybe that's an area we could look at too you know it 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 could be there there may be opportunity there i think we we certainly run up the word count on referee linesmen and officials because there's only (laughs) so many things you can use so sure if uh if we have a good collective noun to describe these guys or something on the ice i'm i'm all for it yeah i'm just maybe there maybe there is something there they're just you know Border crossing official. <laughs> no, you know what? I don't know if we want to do that one because I think that well, might get us in a whole lot yeah, of trouble. I don't, I don't want to get too political with that one. <laughs> we may end up with a wall on the blue line. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Yeah. That. Okay. So anyhow, but the, the linesmen and the referees are inside the host cities in Edmonton and Toronto. The players, the coaches, the team officials will soon be following 
and as we get so close, I'm I'm becoming much like an eight-year-old getting close to Christmas, Josh. I think I'm really excited and and more than hopeful, but quite optimistic now that we're going to get started. And if they're in the cities and they're they're virus-free, I think that we're going to be able to complete things. And I think that's great for the second half of the season. I I love your Christmas comparison. I feel like we're we're counting down the days now. You know, it was it was all just dates and times and plans, and, and now we've got a countdown going for the puck dropping and it's it'll be here before we know it and you're right Todd it's it's almost like that anticipation building up to Christmas morning so let's get to those presents all right so better be good better be nice (laughs) we're making a list checking it twice we will be back next week with another edition of the scouting the rest podcast and I suspect we may even have some exhibition game action to dissect and I'm looking forward to it absolutely the Scouting the Rest podcast is powered by Team Stripes, your source for officiating equipment, training tools, apparel, and more. Check it out. GoTeamStripes.com. Be sure to subscribe to the Scouting the Refs podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Scouting the Refs, Instagram at Scouting the Refs, and visit ScoutingTheRefs.com.